You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, Flyers fans. The preseason is here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone in Philadelphia right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, this podcast is also sponsored by DraftKings, so a uh, stick tap to them as well. Uh, so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, we've got lots to talk about. Uh, special guest joining us today. We're going to reveal that in just a moment. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Amy Johnson. I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by my co-host across the studio, and he is our founder and editor-in-chief for all Rocket Sports Media publications, and his name is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? Good afternoon. How about those fills? They're making uh, a run for it. Well, uh, I was I had my eye on the Eagles last night, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we, we're not going to talk about that. No. <laughs> My Yahoo fantasy lineup took a hit, but you know. Well, I'm sure whoever beat you did it. Uh, it was worth was worthy of trouncing you. Well, I'm I'm, I'm where I have the most eagles: uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jalen Rieger is is in a league I've been in for a thousand years, and and. Uh, Yes, a, a childhood uh, friend and uh, of my brother's, and um, and he he rarely beats me. So this was this was um, a time for him to celebrate. You didn't want to mention that I walloped you in a different league. No, I didn't want to th- even acknowledge that. Didn't actually, you want, didn't no. want to talk about that. No, hmm. no, no, no. Okay, well, we won't mention it then. Good. We just won't even mention it. (laughs) It's better that way. That's true. Uh, We have a great show for you today. Flyers preseason is finally set to get underway uh, as they host the New York Islanders tonight at the Wells Fargo Center. So we're going to get you you in the mood for that uh, game and talk about the first line combos and and defensive pairings that we're going to see on the ice for uh, the Flyers tonight. And then none other than Bill Meltzer will be joining us uh, in that first segment, Bill's uh, coming onto the show today to give his thoughts on training camp, uh, give his thoughts on which prospects are looking hot, like they might make the cut. Uh, talking a little bit about goaltending and and giving his his kind of his outlook on the season ahead for the Flyers and how on paper he thinks they're going to do. So you definitely don't want to miss that interview with Bill. 
Uh, we'll also bring you uh, a brief uh, injury update and get you up to speed on the first few cuts that have been made from camp. And then in our second segment, we're just going to bring you some news about the AHL preseason. Yes, it's coming, uh, as well as uh, the OHL and CHL, their broadcast schedule and, and some new ways that fans can watch uh, their favorite uh, CHL junior hockey teams uh, on no matter where they no matter where they live this season, which is which is pretty exciting. So lots of great stuff on tap today. That's great. And of course, what's uh, most important, first and foremost, the Flyers finally get back on the ice tonight in a game. Yes, it's a preseason game. Yes, the points don't matter, but uh, so much other uh, so many other aspects of it do matter. This is this is key evaluation time for Elaine Vigneault and his coaches. Uh, it's time to take a look at uh, what what lines Vigneault has started camp with. Uh, let's see how they do in game action. And uh, Rick, as they host the Islanders tonight, it's a it's a healthy mix of of both Group A uh, lines and defense pairings and Group B. Um, that top line, you know, we'll see Giroux, Couturier, and Travis Konechny together. Uh, the second line, which isn't going to be the second line in the regular season, but it's an interesting combination in that second line. Uh, we've got Oscar Lindblom, we've got Derek Broussard, and Cam Atkinson suiting up in the orange and black for the first time. Uh, those top two lines uh, for tonight's game are uh, taken intact from Team Orange. And uh, when we go below that, that's where the the mixing and matching uh, starts happening. Absolutely. And there's some guys in in the bottom six that I think will be fun to watch. Maxime Sushko has has uh, has been an interesting guy to watch uh, for the Phantoms. German Rupsoff did not play in the AHL last year. He was he was overseas last year. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him on North American ice. I will be very interested to see how he does. It will be uh, it would be good to see him back playing for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and, and continuing his his path, hopefully someday to the NHL. Um, and then what I think is one of the more interesting lines of the entire night tonight is going to be the fourth line, which is Isaac Ratcliffe, Connor Bunneman, and Tyson Forster. That could be a very dynamic uh, fourth line with a little bit of an edge to it, too, with with the uh, big guy Isaac Ratcliffe and, and Connor Bunneman, who's not afraid to get physical. Forster's look good through uh, the training camp. Um, and uh, and yes, uh, Ratcliffe was, was one of the guys who uh, was getting uh, a physical, even in the, the inter-squad game with Ristol Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, expect him to um, be a physical presence tonight. On the back end, it's our first look at Ivan Provorov paired with Ryan Ellis uh, on the top pairing. That's obviously all eyes are going to be on that pairing to see what kind of chemistry they can come up with early on. Uh, we're going to have to wait till Thursday to see the Sanheim Ristolainen pairing. They won't be playing until Thursday, but uh, we will see Keith Yandel out there with with Bronner tonight and. Uh, Rick, it's just exciting. It's it's our first glimpse at uh, the new look. There's a lot that Flyers fans just want to turn the page from last season. And uh, I think the team probably feels the same way. We're going to talk to Bill Meltzer in a bit about that. But, but it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. And who's in goal? Kata Hot. Uh-huh. See how Lots Kata- of eyes on him Ooh, as well. That's right. And uh, I think he'll play two periods tonight. And then Samuel Erson's going to come in. Uh, for for the third period, and then on Thursday when the Flyers travel to Boston, 
uh, it'll be Martin Jones for two periods with Kirill Ustamenko uh, uh, backing him up. So um, the roster was was overhauled, upended. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's been a very short time for um, these players, uh, particularly ones uh, like uh, Allison Provorov, which is a new pairing uh, to develop that chemistry. And I like what Ryan Ellis had said about. Uh, he just wants to stick to Provorov like glue. He's hmm. he's going to, um, you know, hang out with him uh, in the locker room in in the weight room. Uh, he he thinks it's his philosophy that uh, if you spend a lot of time together, learn about the person uh, on and off the ice, that that makes uh, better chemistry, better pairing, um, and and better on ice product. So we'll see how far that's uh, that experiment is is gotten tonight. I love the philosophy and I love the leadership that that shows. And I, and I really hope that that's a, a successful method for the two of them. Uh, so lots to be excited about. Wells Fargo Center is expected to be pretty full, uh, which that hasn't happened, uh, you know, in, in the course of the pandemic, uh, a full house. So we'll see how many fans are there cheering for the orange and black tonight. And, I'm, and I guarantee Gritty's going to have semantics. So looking forward to all of that uh, tonight and then Thursday when they travel to Boston. Well, with preseason games officially on the calendar happening this week and the regular season right around the corner, it was the perfect time for us to invite our next guest back to the show. We are so proud and happy to welcome Bill Meltzer back to the show, the uh, Flyers contributor at NHL.com. And of course, he uh, also does contributions at Hockey Buzz as well. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. How have you been? Always a pleasure, Amy and Rick. Um, things things are going well. It's uh, felt like an endless off season, so it's uh, it's been nice to be back at the rink, get a, you know some practices and scrimmages in, get the get the preseason going, and finally feel like hockey's here. It, it, at least from here, it's felt like a long time. <laughs> and some fans for uh, the scrimmage as well. Yeah, the, on the scrimmage on on Sunday, the uh, the building was packed. That was really really nice to see. Um, you know the, the the parking lot was filled. There was there was an energy in the building, and uh, that was you it's know a nice that was, change. That, it was really a nice change. It, it, it was it was much missed, and and you know the, even without being prompted, several of the players and uh, Elaine Vigneault pointed that out afterwards too. It, it definitely it definitely creates an energy, and you you know you don't realize the, the extent of it until you don't have it, and the building is is you know. <laughs> the building is dead silent. It's uh, right. it, was, it was a strange feeling last season, actually, when you were in an empty building, and uh, you know the, the things that usually have the ebb and flow, the emotion in the game, it, it just isn't there. It was it was strange. It was sterile. Well, we're certainly uh, not expecting things to be that sterile in terms of the environment this year. You know, the last time that that the uh, that the Flyers all got together uh, to do you know massive amounts of press was at the exit interviews last year, which uh, had a decidedly uh, somber tone after a really difficult season. Uh, so, you know, after that season, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, basically came out and, and put his support behind Elaine Vigneault and, and the coaching staff and said, we're going to make some changes in the roster. And he did that. He was quite active this summer. I think a lot of people were pleased to see how active he was and, and went out after some big names. Um, so with all of that, with all of those changes happening to the roster, as much turnover in the dressing room as there's been, um, what is the general mood at camp this week? You know, there's there's veteran faces, but there's new faces and there's a lot, you know, young, old veteran prospects. Uh, you know, what's what's the general feeling going into this this new season? Well, the players are all wearing it on, on T-shirts and Elaine Vigneault referred to it verbally. Something to prove. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the slogan, and and they really do. I mean, there's uh, after the the massive disappointment of last season, both individual players and the team collectively. You know, they, you can make all the changes in the world, but it has to come together on the ice. It has to gel, and you know the the thought of what might happen if it's another disappointing season is really not very pleasant to contemplate from a flyer standpoint mm-hmm. it really is a, a vital season for for the for the team for the coaching staff for the for the players um, and even the guys who are who are coming off of strong seasons or, or a number of strong seasons, they have something to prove too. You know, Sean Couturier just got that big contract extension that will essentially carry him through the remainder of his career. Um, you know, you have uh, Joel Farabee who had a breakout second season in the NHL last year. Well, he just got a big extension mm-hmm. a year a year ahead of becoming a first time restricted free agent. So he has something to prove, and just, just straight on down the line. Well. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if there's one guy who has something to prove, uh, that would be Carter Hart. And and I'm sure that uh, fans are going to be nervously watching. All eyes are going to be on to see if uh, the Carter Hart that they're hoping for uh, is back. Uh, not that, again, uh, not that last season uh, uh, was necessarily all his fault, but he wants, he's, he's declared that he wants a uh, a better season. And the other part of that, maybe part two of the question, um, is going to be about Martin Jones. Uh, it's been Brian Elliott for the last couple of years. Brian Elliott, Martin Jones, two different goaltenders, two different personalities. Is Martin Jones the right uh, support person for uh, Carter Hart? I mean, we'll, we'll see over time. Um, you know, Jones has had back to back subpar seasons. Mm-hmm. Now, in his defense, uh, the team in front of him in San Jose the last couple of years really hung him out to dry quite a bit, but mm-hmm. he's, he, he owns a piece of it too. Um, you know, he, he, you know, what, what ends up happening? I, I always say that goaltending and team defense are, are symbiotic. And if one of them is good enough, it's going to raise the other with it. And if one of them is poor enough, it's going to drag the other one down with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, it becomes a, a chicken and egg thing, too. Um, but the Flyers last year, to me, it really started with the Team D being subpar and it dragged Hart down with it. And then when the Team D stabilized a little bit, Hart was still struggling and then everything went with it. So, it, uh, you know, they're, they're, it was really a really a tough situation for the team last year. You know, um, you know, people are, are always asking, well, how was Hart looking in camp? How was Jones looking in camp? They haven't even played a preseason game yet. I don't think it's fair to judge off of a scrimmage or off of particularly practices. Practices are tough on goalies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's really it's really about implementing systems and structure and you know, I mean, you, listen, you don't have uh, you don't have three pucks being shot or shot and moved around the zone at the same time in the game. So that's uh, you know, it's a, it's a different world for a goalie when the games start. Uh, last year, Hart looked tremendous in camp. He looked unbeatable. Then he had a tough season. So I, I think I'll reserve judgment on on how anybody's looking until the season's about to start. But I mean, Hart definitely seems to be in a in a better place mentally. Last year was definitely tough on him for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I think he was. Happy to have the the off season and be able to turn the page, uh, and and Jones need to change the scenery. There were there are a number of goalies that the Flyers looked at, and then you know it becomes a matter of okay, well, what's the price point? What's uh, what's the goalie's interest? Who are you competing with? What I will say for Jones is if he can get his game back in order. Um, that's a guy who's been deep in the playoffs as a starter twice in the not so distant past. 
Um, he's worked with Kim Dillabaugh, who's the Flyers goalie coach. He, he worked with uh, Dilly in Los Angeles when, when Dillabaugh was the uh, developmental coach for the Kings. So he, he knows him. He's known Elaine Vigneault for years, actually, um, because uh, uh, his dad, Martin Jones's dad, used to be the guy who uh, in charge of the ice crew in Vancouver when Navy was coaching there. So he kind of saw, you know, he kind of saw Martin grow up a little bit, too. So he's he's around some familiar people, whether that's going to help or not. We'll have to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's uh, so much, as you know, rides on goaltending. I mean, mm-hmm. everything else can be in order. The goaltending isn't in order. Then, then you're not going to go very far. And goaltending can uh, can erase a lot of mistakes in front of them, particularly early in a season when you're getting the communications down and, you know, getting systems and you're trying to get into a groove. You're going to you're going to have some games where you need the goalie to steal you a point or preferably two points. So, you know, there's always a lot of pressure on the goalies. There's always a lot of pressure on goalies in Philadelphia. I don't think there's any way around that. And that's definitely one of the big X factors this season. Just before I turn it back to Amy, one more question with respect to the goaltending. And we heard Bill Daly uh, talking to Frank Saravalli uh, say that uh, several general managers have approached the league and said they would like a third goalie or or uh, a designated taxi squad goaltender. And the league, it's something that the league is considering. Elliot Friedman reported it as well. Uh, that uh, it's something they're considering throughout uh, training camp and maybe by the start of the season, uh, a, th- a taxi squad goaltender would have to be named. Uh, for the, the Flyers, who, is, who would that, um, that goaltender be? It would be a goalie to be acquired um, because, <laughs> because Felix Sandstrom does, doesn't have much experience and, mm-hmm. and Samuel Erson is a, is a rookie in North America this year. That's actually going to be the Phantoms tandem right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you want those two guys sharing time. You don't want them sitting. Um, that could have been Alex Lyon, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if Alex had been uh, brought back. But it would be it would be somebody that have to go out and get somebody because I don't I don't there's no obvious candidate that's already in house. Absolutely. Um, before I, I actually, I'm going to switch gears to talk a little bit about the prospects in a second, but I just want to, I, I want to, um, just jump on one thing that you were mentioning when you were talking to Rick about, um, the goaltending and the D being kind of symbiotic. And, and we all know the struggles that the defense had last year. Um, what I would like to get your thoughts on one of, uh, Fletcher's moves this summer. And I, and I think this is something that, uh, an opinion that we, I, I believe we're on the same uh, page here in that Rasmus Ristolainen uh, could have, you know, you talk about Martin Jones needing a change of scenery, and, and I feel like Rasmus Ristolainen falls into that category as well, uh, has has the potential to have a high ceiling and just needed to get out of, of Buffalo. What's your uh, what's your gauge on, on Risto for this coming season? Well, he certainly needs more consistency in his, his own end of the ice, I'm, a lot of decision-making stuff. You know, I, I don't think Buffalo remotely handled his development the right way. And to take a teenage player, throw him right in the NHL on a poor team, playing against other teams' top lines, you know, it, that, that's not how you develop a player. It's, it's the rare teenage defenseman that can jump in right under a top pair. And, you know, I mean, his development curve really has not been what was hoped for. Um there are things that, that he brings. I mean, I, I've had debates on, on social media with people who go, he's not even an NHL <laughs> defenseman. I said, well, you know what? He, he's we, If you take somebody his size who can skate the way he can, mm-hmm. who can hit the way he can, who's uh, who blocks shots, can also get you 40 points, 
that's an NHL defenseman. I mean, come on. But, you know, I don't I don't know if you necessarily want him on a top pairing, but he doesn't have to be with, with Ryan Ellis here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I looked at, you know, if you look at Buffalo's track record of, of developing players and put and team building, you know, I mean, <laughs> we can look we can look at the Jack Eichel situation. I feel bad for Rasmus Dahlin because I think mm-hmm. they're setting him up to fail and he struggled last year. You know, they um it's really it's really been a tough situation for players and it seems to be a revolving door of they're drafting at the top of the draft yet they're not getting any closer to being a good team and i, I think that's a that's a really tough situation here's Ristolainen who's been in the league now what six seven years and he's never played a playoff game you know that's uh i i so I, I think this is a <laughs> this is a, a whole fresh start for him i think the fact that uh I believe seven or eight teams because the the price the price for getting in the game to trade for Ristolainen the man was a first round pick and it became a first round pick plus because there was a lot of competition. Well, who was who was bidding on him? It, it was teams that were figured to be in the playoffs. So Ristolainen and Ristolainen and his pairing with Travis Sanheim to me is the other big X factor in the team along with the the second line, which I assume we'll touch on shortly. Um, if if that pairing gels and Combined with uh, Provorov and, and um, Ryan Ellis to form a very formidable top four in the lineup, then I think you're going to see the Flyers take a significant jump this year. Now, if they're inconsistent, it'll, it'll be somewhere in between. And I, I think that they'll have early on, they'll have some good days and bad days. But I mean, I think they need a little time to gel. Mm-hmm. My biggest, my biggest question with the acquisition, honestly, is that the fact that he's unrestricted in a year. And the Flyers are in a little bit of a precarious cap situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, re-signing him beyond this year with after all that you paid and trade, a first-round pick, a second-round pick in two years, plus a roster player in Robert Haig, that, that's, a lot to, that's a lot to trade for a rental. So I would, I'm very curious to see how it works out with him and whether, you know, whether he has a long-term future here. Absolutely. Okay, thank you uh, for indulging me in that. That just came to me as, as I was listening to you answer, uh, uh, Rick, and I wanted to get your, your perspective on that. So, you know, talking about um, the competition in camp, there are, uh, particularly with, with Kevin Hayes' injury uh, being out for, for the length of time he's going to be, opens up a little bit of wiggle room in, uh, in the roster, uh, perhaps giving some opportunities to some of the younger prospects. Um you know, guys like uh, Morgan Frost or, I mean, you just talked about Ristolainen as a young D getting getting tossed into the NHL uh, so that, you know, you've kind of think of, of guys like Cam York. Um, what what are the what are the odds and, and likelihood of any of the very young prospects and, and Morgan Frost particularly having a, a significant role and and or just even making the cut? Well, right now, it's Morgan as a job to lose. You know, he has the inside track to, to getting it. He's, I would say that he's the best playmaking prospect the Flyers have had since Claude Giroux was a prospect. Mm. Uh, you know, we, Morgan put up huge assists. I mean, he put up huge point totals, too. He scored 40 goals a couple of years in a row in the uh, OHL and had a, had a hat-trick game also in the World Junior. So he can score, too, but his primary skill is being a playmaker. He makes just gorgeous passes and he's a very good power play guy. Um, you know, Morgan... One of the biggest issues was him getting stronger physically. He's done that. He came to camp at 191 pounds, which is 19 pounds more than he was when he was drafted in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks stronger on the puck. He's doing better in battles. And with Morgan, a 
lot comes down to just to keep his feet moving. Um, Morgan had a tendency in, in the OHL, and he could he could do it. He could you know he could slow the pace down to his liking and study his options and make a play. Unless you're you know unless you're Wayne Gretzky, and he's not. You know <laughs> you, you really can't do that in the NHL. You have to do it with pace. And he's been he's been adjusting to the to the professional pace. The AHL, of course, being faster than the OHL. The NHL being faster than the AHL. Um, you know, Morgan made the American League All Star Game as a rookie. Mm-hmm. It was he had his ups and his downs that year. Um, he got into, I believe, 19, 20 games of the Flyers that year and scored goals in his first two games. And then he had, you know, had some ups and downs there too. I, I think if you weigh it on the whole, it was a successful first year. Um, his second year, last year, he made the team out of camp. So that was good. But unfortunately, you know, Morgan had a season ending shoulder injury in the second period of his second game. So he didn't even have a season. Um, ideally, the Flyers would have liked Morgan to have a little time with the Phantoms once they get into the regular season, just to, just to get his feet back under him, you know, get, get back in, get the, get back in game mode. Cause you can only do so much in practice and scrimmages. And even, even the preseason is, is a, is a different level of intensity than the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ideally they would have liked that, but with Kevin Hayes down and, and, uh, Tanner Lazinski just got injured. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to rely on, they're going to rely on more. Of course, Wade Allison is out too. So, I mean, really, it, he has, he has a job to lose. If, if he doesn't get it, then you're looking maybe at Scott Lawton moving from fourth line to third line, uh, fourth, third line center. Um, you could maybe, you know, maybe you, um, move some pieces around and, uh, close could go back to center. Although they really don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have guys they've, they've looked at before in the NHL, more in the fourth line role, but guys like Connor Bonneman or, or German Rubtsov. Really, a, a lot is riding early in the season And Morgan Frost, and he has a great opportunity playing on the line with right now with Joel Farabee and James Van Riemsdyk, so he has skill around him. But we'll see. I mean, you know, the, the opportunity is there. He has to take advantage of it. Looking a little further down uh, the forward lines, um, four training camp battles, and some are pitting... Uh, uh, Derek Broussard and Nate Thompson kind of head to head, and and is is that is that reasonable? Is that a correct view, or or in the lineup in the opening light, night lineup, is there a chance that we'll see both of them? I mean, um, Broussard and Thompson, both veterans, but they they bring something, and both centers naturally, uh, they bring something very different. They have a different skill set. Um, Broussard more more offense and 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 energy. Nate Thompson, you you'd love to have him on your penalty kill and and there to take faceoffs. How do you see um, uh, that all playing out? I expect both of them in the lineup opening yeah. night. Right now, right now Thompson is centering, or rather, um, rather Thompson centering the fourth line, and Broussard is centering the third line. Uh, Broussard has been with uh, Oscar Lindblom and and Cam Atkinson. They look good. They look good so far. We'll see again. You know, we'll see what happens in camp. To me, Lindblom is one of the best stories in camp because he's back. <laughs> he looks he looks back to his old self. That's great. And just based on the physical testing, and everything else, I think you're going to see a different Oscar Lindblom this year. Um, We'll see over the long haul. You know, there there there's, there have been signs in the last few years that Broussard has had has declined a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Consistency. He, can, yeah, he's he's always been a streaky guy anyway, truthfully. Um, but I mean, he was almost a point every other game for the Islanders in in 
2019-20, and he was good in the Flyers in the, in the playoff. Played good against the Flyers rather in, in the playoff series with New York. Um, Arizona was a tough situation last year. A young team, kind of rebuilding, trying to find itself, and he was just okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, listen, if uh, if it doesn't work out. He's on a very cheap one-year contract, so you know it's not like there's any big investment in him. And and Thompson is a guy who I, I expect at least early in the season he's going to be in the lineup every game, fourth line center, penalty kill, faceoffs, as you said. Um, one of the one of the things that he's good at actually, he's pretty good in his offside on faceoffs. He's a left-handed shot, but he's pretty good in the right circle. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think in an ideal world. And, you know, if you had an ideal world, then Nate Thompson's maybe your 13th forward or you slot in for certain matchups. I mean, the Flyers don't really have that luxury right now. So I think for for going into the season, uh, I think both guys will be in the starting 12. So it is the start of a new season uh, on the horizon here. In terms of, of having of rebounding from from last season uh, and and the new look uh, to to the potential roster come opening night, uh, we'll put you in the in the prediction pool a little bit here. What do you, what do you really feel the the outlook for this team is uh, at least on paper coming into this season? Well, I, I think this is a better team than it, than it was last season. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at the jump that the Flyers took um, in from 2018-19 to 19-20. And in 19-20, the, the first year of Vino as head coach, the Flyers went from near the bottom in goals against average and near the bottom in penalty kill to top seven both goals per game and and goals against average. The, they were the stingiest team in the NHL in terms of shots allowed. Um, and then last year, they just... They just Backslid on everything. They were, they were dead last in, uh, you know, in, in goals against average. They were thirtieth in penalty kill. Uh, you know, I mean, you do that, obviously, you're not going to be a playoff team. I, I mean, they they've spent so much time trying to upgrade the blue line. I mean, half the starting blue line is different. Three mm-hmm. new defensemen in. Um, you know, bringing in Atkinson beyond what he brings in the locker room and, and a shoot first mentality. He's a very good penalty killer. Uh, they're, they're trying to instill, uh, you know, a, a recommitment to two-way hockey. If they can do that and get better goaltending, I think the team can finish in the top three in the division. If it's something less than that, I think they'll battle for a wild card. And if it's anything like last year, they will not, they'll not be a playoff team. I mean, again, I know, I know that's not exactly a prediction. No, but I'm saying, you know, but I'm saying, but I'm saying that they could, they could be, you know, I don't see them, I don't see them challenging for the division championship. Although, two seasons ago they did did have the best home record in the NHL, and they did in the in that round robin end up as the top seed. And I think this roster on paper is better than that one. That still that being said, I mean this is a, this is a real tough division. You have improving teams in there, mm-hmm. I, you know. So my prediction, you know, I, I would say fourth in a wild card team if I'm slicing it down the middle. All right, and if I mean, God forbid, if if things do not go well this season, what's uh, what's what where did the where did the where do things fall? <laughs> what's how short of a leash is there? I mean, what what happens if they have another disastrous season? A disastrous season would mean major changes. I, I think that would be the only situation where you might not see Claude Giroux come back. For example, I, mm. I think under most, I think under under most scenarios, Giroux finishes his career. I really do. 
Um, but I think if it's a catastrophic kind of season, then, then they would move on, you know, in, in several areas, actually. And they would be looking to, you know, make big changes. I don't think, I don't think they want to go back into rebuilding mode, no. but I, I think that you would see, you know, you would see another summer of big changes. You would see a change behind the bench. I don't know how safe, uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher would be if it's another disastrous season. So, I mean, it, again, it's just not from a flyer standpoint, very pleasant to contemplate. It, it's why so much is riding on the air. Absolutely. Well, we will uh, we'll go with the first with your first prediction that uh, perhaps a number four wild card spot would be uh, pretty exciting, uh, both from from our standpoint to cover the team and the fans, of course, uh, particularly packing Wells Fargo Center. I'm sure that's what they're anticipating getting to watch as well. Uh, Bill, we can't thank you enough uh, for for joining us. As always, you know, your your insight into the team is is second to none. Uh, be sure you're following Bill at Bill Meltzer on Twitter. Uh, you can, of course, find all of his writings at the FlyersNHL.com website. Uh, and Bill, we're uh, we're looking forward to seeing who uh, who is out there on uh, opening night to make the first roster for the season for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so Bill. much for joining us, Bill. My pleasure. Have to say, Rick, every time Bill Melter joins us on the show, he is just a wealth of information. Uh, always love his perspective. It's just measured. It's objective. It's uh, and it's just he's so knowledgeable about everything going on with individual players, with the coaching systems, with the philosophy. It's just uh, it was another great interview with Bill Melter. And speaking of chemistry, uh, he's been on uh, so often, he knows where we're going um, um, as we start the question. Not a lot of uh, lead up is needed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, his answers were great. Absolutely. Uh, bonus uh, should mention this, that we got to catch up with Bill on a day where he was just getting back uh, from this month's delivery of the Flyers alumni, Every Child Deserves a Bike uh, bike for a new recipient, which is it's so exciting. I really, I mean, I know I've said this a million times ever since they came out with this initiative and we've actually had Bill on to talk about it before. And, and Brad Marsh has talked about it, uh, but it's just such a fantastic initiative. And, and this, this month, uh, it was a young man by the name of Amir. He's about 12 years old, Bill told us. And, uh, it's, it's lives with cerebral palsy and the the video that's out of Brad Marsh jogging along trying to kind of keep the bike going while while Amir is pedaling away just grinning from ear to ear I mean just take my money <laughs> just take my money I mean the joy on these kids faces to be able to ride a bike when they probably thought they'd never be able to um, it's it's just a tremendous tremendous program the concept is simple. Every child deserves a bike, but it's very powerful, especially for uh, these these children. And uh, the 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 bike is is orange in color, flyers colors, mm -hmm. and and then uh, made made specially adapted specially for the uh, situation that that the uh, the bike riders in. And uh, it was it's there's a great video out, uh, and it was a great day. Absolutely. So congratulations uh, to the Flyers alumni, uh, Brad Marsh, Bill, uh, everyone who's helping out with that program. Uh, and if you're interested in making a donation or learning more, just head over to the Flyers alumni website for that. Um, let's see. 
There are injuries to talk about. We've talked about the fact that Wade Allison, unfortunately, suffered. Uh, he's out indefinitely. We It looks like a high ankle sprain. Uh, Cooper Zeck is going to be out for, for quite a while. We know that Kevin Hayes is going to be out for a while, had to have surgery again. Uh, in addition to that, however, Linus Hogberg's going to be out for another seven to ten days. And Tanner Lazinski, you know, it's it's a shame. He was, he's just recently been cleared for contact after going through injuries uh, and rehabbing over the summer. And it he's injured again. Elaine Vigneault says he's not sure yet if it's going to require surgery or if it's something that they're going to have him play through, but it's a big question mark on Tanner Lazinski, which is really unfortunate um, for that young man. So we're keeping our fingers crossed uh, that it'll be a sooner than later return mm-hmm. to the ice. Last but not least in this segment, uh, there have been a few cuts. Elaine Vigneault said it was probably not going to be until after the back-to-back next week where he starts making uh, significant cuts. But there were a few so far. Just want to list those for you so you know not to look for them on the training camp rosters anymore. That would be Ethan Sampson heading back to the WHL to play for Prince George. Connor McLennan heading back to the WHL as well. uh, He'll be playing for Winnipeg. And, of course, John Randall Avon in the OHL playing for Peter Peterborough. So those three, uh, good effort. Uh, in fact, uh, Avon actually uh, caught LaPerriere's eye during rookie camp. Uh, some good things happening with those three, but but heading back to their junior teams, and uh, we'll probably see more from them later on. Three CHL cuts, that's expected, and now they can get on with their uh, junior season. Absolutely. And what we are going to do is we're going to get on with the show. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to let you hear about a great offer uh, for draft for uh, from DraftKings. If you're a new user, you don't want to miss that. And then on the other side of it, we're going to go around the AHL. We're going to get you prepped for the AHL preseason. That schedule has been has been released, so we've got some information for you on that. If you're a Lehigh Valley Phantoms fan, uh, and as well, uh, speaking of the CHL, uh, their season and their broadcast schedule and the way that uh, you can watch games uh, from around the CHL and particularly the OHL. Uh, Some news uh, in recent days about that as well that we're going to cover with you. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. Week three of football, it's in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So to kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. So listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. Now, if Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
and welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Thanks so much again for being here with us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, still joined by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, Don't forget that you can find us on Twitter, two places that you want to make sure that you're following, at the AHL Report. Uh, That way you get all of our game recaps and uh, featured content and press releases and all the news related to your favorite team, uh, whether it's the Laval Rocket or the Lehigh Valley Phantoms or general AHL news. And then, of course, you want to be sure uh, to be following this podcast at The Press Zone. Uh, And uh, we certainly would love for you to be following along there. Uh, and we do actually have some AHL news to bring you. Uh, both of these news items that we're going to mention, we, you can actually read them in greater detail uh, over at AHLReport.com. We've got articles out on both of these items, but just wanted to give you kind of the the highlights of them. The first and foremost is that the AHL released their preseason schedule. And believe it or not, um, it starts in a week, Rick. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's howdy. <laughs> it is here. That's right. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, four games in the preseason league-wide uh, actually won't be open to the public. Um, and uh, there's, uh, a, well, even the Laval Rocket and the Toronto, Toronto Marlies, when they face off against each other, uh, it's going to be in neutral territory. They're going to be playing each other at CAA Arena in Belleville, kind of as the the stopover meeting point for both teams as they come in to play the Senators. So, so Rick, believe it or not, uh, things are getting started in just about a week for the AHL. And regular season for the AHL starting on the 15th of October. So that's not far away either. It is not. Uh, If you're a Lehigh Valley Phantoms fan, you're going to get to see your team in action on the first night of preseason. They'll be playing at Wilkes-Barre Scranton to face the Penguins on Wednesday, October 6th. Uh, For the Laval Rocket fans, you're going to need to wait couple more days till next Friday, October 8th, uh, when you will see Laval take on Belleville uh, at the Senators Arena. So the cool. all-star game this year. Supposed uh, to be at Laval. <laughs> in, in Laval. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the weekend, uh, February 6th and 7th, if you're making plans. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's all starting. It is all starting. There's 29 games altogether on the AHL's preseason schedule. If you want the full schedule and additional details, again, head over to AHLReport.com for all of that information. Uh, In addition, you can also find an article over there uh, about the OHL's broadcast schedule. Uh, They put out full details, Rick, uh, this past uh, week about... Their plans to broadcast more than 600 games during the 21-22 season, uh, including some preseason matchups. Um, there's there's really a lot of different ways for for OHL fans to watch, um, depending on what market they're in, if they live in Ontario. But Rick, there's a new service uh, this year, CHL Wide, that's a great new option, right? Uh, the CHL streaming service is, is an upgraded uh, service, and that's uh, in addition to, uh, as you said, uh, just um, uh, through Rogers TV or your local uh, TV, uh, adding that on to mm-hmm. your uh, a sports package, onto your cable subscription. So uh, if you're a, a CHL fan, an OHL fan, there's lots of ways to uh, see the prospects in action. It's really great. Um, we even we talked about this uh, in our team 
our Rocket Sports team slack about, you know, how it's it's taken the AHL a few years to really start to invest in in upgrading the streaming service capabilities. And it's uh, it still has a ways to go, but but it's much improved over what it was a couple of years ago. Uh, C8, it's great to see the CHL now starting to make advancements as well as as these leagues realize what a what a great return on investment it is to get uh, fans engaged who necessarily aren't local uh, to those teams and leagues and uh, can really reach uh, an audience far and wide. So very good to see. While you're over there at the AHL Report, check out one of our latest articles, uh, which is introducing you to our three newest contributors at Rocket Sports. You've got Maria Boabdo, uh, Cole Yurzenik, and... Uh, Michael Spinella. And uh, now Cole's work, you'll mostly be finding over on allhabs.net with uh, he'll be helping uh, Rick out a a bunch over there. Uh, Maria and Michael, of course, uh, will be helping out at the AHL report with uh, some press releases. Uh, Michael actually does uh, assistance with technical editing for all three of our podcasts, uh, which a big thank you to him for that. Uh, And Rick, it's a it's a great way. The article is a great way to get to know all three of them, what their background is, what they like to do who they are um, and some fun photos as well great ads to our team our growing team and uh, uh, there's been uh, a, a real push to to provide more coverage for you uh, on for all of the teams that we cover and uh, and we're meeting that need and uh, and as well our our uh, growing podcast listenership Absolutely. So if you would like to get in on the AHL report team uh, before the AHL season really gets underway, time is running short, but we would still love to hear from you. So just head over to the AHL report uh, website and uh, find the join our team tab. It's at the very bottom of the page in the footer. You just click the join our team tab and uh, send us the information that's requested. And we'll be glad to get in touch with you. And we'd love to have you join the team as well. Rick, that is all the time that we have for today. Uh, we've got a lot of hockey to cover. We certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, NHL preseason games almost every night this week, uh, whether it's uh, for the Flyers or for the Canadians. And so we've, uh, we'll, we're have we going to be out watching all of your favorite prospects. And, uh, of course, uh, Rick, it's uh, it's it's. It's crazy busy. I think our heads are spinning at the moment, but it's uh, it's fun to be back in the swing of things. Lots of fun. And if if you want a preview of the 2021-22 uh, season, whether you're a Flyers fan, whether you're a Canadians fan, whether you're a fan of any other team uh, who's listening to our podcast, uh, go to allhabs.net. I know Flyers fans, just this one time. Go to allhabs.net, <laughs> and there's a division-by-division t- uh, preview mm-hmm. uh, for each team and uh, the projections uh, of our Rocket Sports team uh, that, that they've put together uh, and uh, the analysis that they've done. So uh, that's that's for everybody. Absolutely. Um the, uh, it'll it'll kick off with the Atlantic Division, but uh, those uh, divisions will roll out every couple of days. Um, and yours truly uh, did the write up on my season predictions for the Flyers, so you'll want to check that out as well. Um, and that's a good point. So yes, head over to allhabs.net uh, to check out that series. Uh, kudos to our our own Mike Rashel for uh, coordinating and and getting all of that together uh, and putting it together. It's a big project. 
And with that, we are going to send you all on your merry way to enjoy some preseason hockey, uh, more preseason hockey. The competition is going to really ramp up this week. So uh, we will be excited to meet you back here again next Tuesday uh, to break it all down right here on the Press Zone at Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.